Sometimes it's the little things that cause the biggest problems, yes? Today we're going to talk about a little sin. And it's a sin that I can't stand when people do it to me. But I realize that I do it to others without even realizing I'm doing it. And you might be wondering, well, what in the world is this little sin? Well, let me just put it this way. I, I can't talk about it, but it's something that's in our church. And I've heard about it from a handful of people. And they made me promise to keep it a secret. So I'm not telling anyone about it. I'm just telling you, just you. Because I trust you. And I know you care about them. Does anyone have any idea what we're talking about? <laughs> Did I give it away? Yeah, we're talking about gossip. Passing along information that I shouldn't be passing along. And we let ourselves off the hook when we do this little sin because I'm just sharing because I care. In fact, I have a prayer request. Would you pray for so-and-so? They have a problem. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just passing it along. And by, by spreading the word... I'm indulging in a sin that God actually says is a pretty big deal. And that's where our No Big Deal series comes in. The summer each week, we look at one thing that looks like a little thing that God actually says is a bigger deal than we've realized, sins that are kind of respectable. So let me take a moment to welcome those watching us virtually, including our friends at Seneca Community Church up in Romulus, New York. Can we welcome them with a big hand, Brian? We're really glad to have everyone here. I want to look at what God says today about this respectable sin, and God says a ton about it. Uh, to, to start, though, let me begin with just one proverb. Because there's so much scripture, I'm going to put it on the screen so we can look at it and read it together. Um, but the first scripture goes like this, Proverbs 18.8. Rumors are, say it with me, dainty morsels that sink deep into one's stomach. Deep into one's heart. That's not where my food goes, but that's where gossip goes. So I have been considering for weeks now this phrase, dainty morsels. I kind of got hung up on it, and I got thinking, what is a dainty morsel? Now, I don't know what it was to Solomon, the author of this, but I've been considering what it is to me, and it didn't take me very long. Nobody has any idea what I might have, right? But I also thought, look, I, I gotta accommodate everyone. We have different tastes in our church. We have different definitions of tasty morsels. So I asked around, and I really got kind of two different, I don't know, feedback sources on this. And so I've tried to include them in my dish of tasty morsels. And I have been looking at this all weekend, trying not to eat it. But I'll tell you, some of you are struggling just like I'm struggling right now, looking at this. What's interesting about this 
you know, I've got, the, I've got the sugar stuff and I've got the chocolate stuff. Do we have any chocolate lovers? Yeah, you're, you're here, you're proud of it. You know, there's studies that show that chocolate is actually healthy for you, it's good for you. The fine print always says paid for by the Hershey Chocolate Company, but what's ironic about tasty morsels is, man, are they good? But they're not good for you. There's nothing about these that are natural. God didn't make this stuff, as much as I like to think he did. There's nothing about this that's good for you. And that's exactly what gossip is. Gossip is tasty morsels that feel good, that taste good, that seem good. But you put it in you, or you participate in it, and it's junk food to your heart. And that's exactly where it goes, is gossip goes to your heart. It affects your heart. Once you hear something about someone, you never quite look at them the same again. You can't scrub it because it's in your heart. Now, as we talk about gossip, let's clarify what we're talking about real quick because there's confusion here. Gossip, a definition, is talking negatively about someone behind their back or out of their earshot. You might have heard of slander and say, well, how is slander different from gossip? Well, slander is passing along information that's false. The challenge with gossip is, you know what? It's usually true. And that's kind of why we let ourselves off the hook for sharing it. Well, if they didn't want this shared, then they shouldn't have said it. If they didn't want this repeated, well, then they shouldn't have done it. And so we let ourselves off the hook because we're often passing on information we believe to be true or that is true. But maybe we don't know the whole story, and even if we do, is it our story to pass along? And so God has a lot to say about this tasty morsel sin called gossip. Gossip is fun to share. And yet, when you found out that you've been gossiped about, have you, have you ever been gossiped about and, and you, you found out about it later? How did you feel after you heard that someone had gossiped about you or talked about you behind your back? I mean, it just happened to me just recently, and, and man, it hurt like crazy. Especially when the people talking about you behind your back are people that you love and respect. And I know I'm not the only one. We've all been on the receiving end of that. And when you find out who it is that talked about you behind your back, it changes things with them, doesn't it? Let me ask you, are you going to open, open up and share things with them again? Probably not. And so gossip has a way of just going down into our heart and affecting us, affecting others, and really causing all these waves. Like at, at the beach, you got all these waves, and they just keep coming. All these waves of fallout, all these waves of consequence caused by this little thing called gossip. It's stabbing people in the back, and I'm as guilty of doing this as anybody else. So you got to ask, okay, if we know it's wrong and we know it hurts us, then why do we keep stumbling with this thing? Why do we keep doing this thing? If I know it's unhealthy for me, why do I keep eating these? Because they're so good. Have you ever tried vegetables? They're gross. <laughs> this is so good. 
Why do I keep struggling with this thing called gossip? Because it makes me feel good when I participate in it. It really does. I feel, I feel better connected. I feel well-informed. I feel knowledgeable. I feel like I'm on the end of something. And so to talk about somebody else behind their back, there's just something about it that really does something seemingly good for me. Meanwhile, it couldn't be more unhealthy for me. So, I, I gotta tell you before we dive in here that there was one church that did a message on gossip, and unbeknownst to the pastor, the music leader had already picked out the hymn that was gonna close that sermon, and the hymn was, I love to tell the story. <laughs> it's ironic, but it's true. Okay, five big reasons that God says to avoid gossip. Five big reasons that God says to avoid gossip. I'm just gonna give it straight from scripture. Here we go. Gossip separates the best of friends. This is a pretty big reason. If you want to ruin a friendship, just sprinkle a little gossip in and watch what happens. Now, here's what's ironic. Even if the gossip isn't about the person you're close friends with, if you gossip with them, they are going to realize that you're someone who's not able to be confidential. And they'll open up to you a little less, kind of like you cheat on me, you cheat, no, I'm sorry, what's that phrase in marriage, right? If you cheat with me, then I know you could cheat on me. And it's that same thing with gossip. If I have a friend who's gossiping to me, I realize they're probably also gossiping about me. And so it impacts your level of closeness with friendships, even if you don't realize it. Gossip ruins friendships. It happens all the time. Trust once broken is really hard to repair. And I know often we, we often say, well, I was just sharing a prayer request with them. Do you, do you realize we're really good in the church at putting gold foil around our sin and making it seem really respectable? But listen, when we share information behind someone's back that's negative, we're doing something that's really damaging. And, and there's kind of a golden rule question to ask here. Would I want someone else to be talking about me behind my back? And the answer is, of course I wouldn't. And you say, but, but I'm not trying to hurt them. I'm, I'm trying to help them. Okay, so really easy here. If, if what you're sharing is gossip, you don't even have to ask. It's breaking the golden rule. It is hurting. Unless you're part of the solution, I guarantee you, you're part of the problem. And all through the Bible, gossip, or those who gossip, are called whisperers, right? They're whispering, they're sharing information that they shouldn't be sharing. There's a second reason why God says to avoid gossip, and it's very simply this. Fire goes out without wood, and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. So gossip is to arguments, what, fire, what wood is to fire, gossip just fuels them. And, and I don't think we realize how much we continue to fuel arguments and fuel conflict and tension because we continue to talk about it. My mom used to have a phrase that she'd say to us. She used to say, hey, boys, it takes two to fight. Ah, but he's the one that's wrong. And she would often respond, it takes two to fight. And I hated when she said that. But I had trouble responding because I figured out she was kind of right. 
She had another phrase she used to say all the time. She'd say, M-Y-O-B. Anyone know what M-Y-O-B stands for? Mind your own business. We renamed it, Mind Your Own Beeswax. And we used to say that to each other all the time. But listen, I think what we do to make this more respectable is we, is we say, listen, I, I'm just venting. Does anyone else ever say that? Uh, just give me a moment to vent. You know, I, I don't, I'm not talking poorly about the person. I just got to tell you what happened. Right? J- just give me a moment to vent. And then, bleh, and we vent. And the person's like, oh. We're like, don't worry. It's all, it's all good. I just needed to vent. Thank you. I feel so much better now. <laughs> Meanwhile, you just backed up and dunk, dumped a load of dung on a person. And you feel better. And you've just participated in a respectable sin. And I don't think we realize that by venting, we're perpetuating the issue, the tension, the argument. I'm always amazed when people complain about drama and then proceed to tell you about the drama, not realizing that they're perpetuating the drama. If drama seems to follow you around, it might be because you're part of it. And, and, and I can say this because mature people and I hope I am, I hope you are, are able to own this, take responsibility for it, and end it. And that's what I'm working on. Look look at reason number three why God says to avoid this sin. The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Do you know there's people out in the West right now on the West Coast that don't think small sparks are a small deal because their land is up in flame, their houses are charred ruins, and a lot of those fires spark with just one incidental careless spark, a dropped cigarette, something that the person was just having a little campfire, a spark hopped out and just set ablaze a huge forest fire. God says that our words do the same thing. I want you to finish this sentence. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. So if that's true, this isn't. This isn't. The tongue has the power of life and death. God doesn't believe in that little ditty, that little poem. He believes that words can hurt, and words can be very, very damaging. Words, and you might think, okay, maybe it's hurting the person, but I've got to share this. I've got to pass this along or whatever. Words aren't just hurting that person and their reputation. Words and gossip are also hurting their family. They're destroying the friendship or the relationship of the person that you're sharing it with, even though you don't see it. They, they tear down a church and they devastate a community. Don't believe the lie that words can't hurt. Words hurt. The power of the tongue is one of the greatest powers in the universe. And that's from God. All right, James, here's the fourth reason. If you claim to be religious, now James was the brother of Jesus, the half-brother of Jesus, of Mary and Joseph. The way James starts off, you're like, ooh, that's kind of harsh already. If you claim to be religious, you claim to be a spiritual person, you claim to be a church person, but don't control your tongue, 
Thankfully, there's no one in churches that we know of who don't control their tongue, right? If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourselves and your religion is worthless. Ouch! And James just kind of lays it out. James was Jesus' little blunt brother. And James is just like, hey, if you gossip, if you use your tongue in any way that's out of control, your religion, you might as well go flush it. It's just worthless. And James is pretty blunt here. Gossip reveals worthless religion. And it's funny because when people look at the church, they often see it as a cesspool of people that talk about each other. And and that's unfortunate. I'm not saying that's our reputation, but that's often the reputation of those that look outside into the church. It's just people that talk about themselves, about others, and it's very negative. They see gossip. And, And James kind of exposes the reason. There's people that have fake religion, they're so-called Christians, and they use their religious circles to make themselves feel better, but in their religious circles, they have no control of their tongue, and so they're spreading out-of-control stuff. They're spreading gossip, not even knowing maybe, maybe not even intentionally, but they have no power over their tongue. Listen, if your religion, if your faith isn't strong enough to control your tongue, do you really think it's strong enough to have victory over Satan? I mean, that's just kind of a gut check. So for me, I gotta ask, okay, is my faith genuine and authentic? Because if my faith is genuine and authentic, but it's not strong enough to control my tongue, I've got a big problem. I've got a big problem. All right, one final reason. This is directly from the lips of Jesus himself. He says, I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. (laughs) Now, I don't fully know how this is going to go. And I've wondered about this. Like, has God been DVRing everything? And when I stand before him on judgment day, is he just going to hit play and go to the cues of all the places where I've spoken words I shouldn't have spoken and said, all right, everyone take a listen to all the things Justin said. Be like, oh, wait a minute. How far back are we going, God? I mean, it could be weeks of sitting there listening to every idle word I've spoken. And we got to go one at a time through all of us. It could take us a few millennium just to get into heaven. That's bad theology. But I'm just saying, somehow on judgment day, there's going to be accountability. And I don't know how it works, but there's going to be some sort of accountability for every idle word. And I don't quite understand that, but I don't think Jesus would have lied. Every idle word I'll be accountable for. I think I'm going to make a new commitment after this message to never talk again. (laughs) Every idle word. And what's interesting, what's interesting, as as you see these five reasons, you begin to realize, okay, gossip is not a small thing. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal to God. And as I consider that, I think about God and gossip, and I think about, okay, if anyone has the ability to gossip about me or to speak negatively about me or to blackmail me, you know who it is? You know who knows all the skeletons in my closet? He does. Do you know who could easily 
speak negatively about me? Do you know who could spread my past around? God. And yet, he's never done that once to me. He is the most restrained, most respectable, most kind being in the entire universe. In fact, rather than spreading stuff about me and my past, you know what God does for me? Is he's made me a promise. If I confess my sin to him, he'll bury it in the depths of the ocean. Wow. God will never gossip about me. He will never spread information about me that's damaging. So what right do I have to spread stuff about others when my God treats me with such respect? Gossip is like, gossip will be judged because it's like junk food and it is not for healthy relationships. It needs to be avoided. So let me just ask you, can we agree at this point that gossip is dangerous? Okay, cool. A couple of us agree. Um, can we agree that it should be avoided at all costs? Okay. So now the question becomes, all right, I get it. I'm convinced. How do I avoid this thing? How on earth do I avoid this thing? It, talking, especially about people, is just natural like breathing. How do you stop doing it? How do you stop doing it? It's a delicious sin. I do it without thinking twice. Thankfully, there is a cure, a divine cure for gossip. Every week as we've looked at a respectable sin, where have we gone to look at the antidote for those respectable sins? We've gone to Galatians 5 and looked at the fruit of the Spirit, and here we go. Here's today's antidote. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Something that God offers to produce in us, if we let him, is the exact opposite of tasty morsels that sink deep into our heart. It's kindness. Now, our series is loosely based off of Jerry Bridges' uh, book, Respectable Sins. Something I didn't know until last week and someone shared with me is Jerry Bridges has written another book called The Fruitful Life about the fruit of the Spirit. If you are liking this Respectable Sins book, you'll probably like this book. And I just got to read for you what he says about kindness because it's so good. He says, kindness is a sincere desire for the happiness of others. Kindness is the inner disposition created by the Holy Spirit that causes us to be sensitive to the needs of others, whether physical, emotional, or spiritual. I tend to think of kindness in terms of our awareness of those around us and the thoughtfulness we can express to them almost incidentally. Kindness may be as simple as a smile to a store clerk, a thank you to a waitress, an encouraging word to an elderly person, or a word of recognition to a small child. None of these expressions is costly in time or money, but they do require a sincere interest in the happiness of those around me. Apart from God's grace, most of us are naturally tending to be concerned about our responsibilities, our problems, our plans. But the person who has grown in the grace of kindness has expanded his thinking outside of himself and has interests, his interests, and has developed a genuine interest in the happiness and in the well-being of those around me. 
Kindness is a quality of the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit of God that God can develop in us that's not natural or native to us. We are by nature selfish people. It's all about me. I am number one. I'm looking out for number one. And yet kindness is this quality where God says, I can help you produce the kind of life where you don't think of yourself first. If I thought of others before myself, I would not talk about them behind their backs in a negative way. But it's because I think of myself first that I do. God says, Jesus' followers can produce something different, an antidote to the selfish thing called gossip. So how do I do this? How do I do this? Well, here's a few practical words of wisdom from God on how to do this as we're working to develop kindness and kindness starts coming from our lives. How does kindness help us to end our participation in gossip? Well, this is a great one. Watch your tongue. Have you ever tried? I can barely see my tongue. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut. That kind of sells it. A divine shut up, right? And you will stay out of trouble. You know, at one point, a number of years ago, I was working, uh, helping another church to, to develop the growth process in their church, and I was teaching through 101 Grow, and after we covered gossip one week in one of the lessons, the next week we came back, and every week I'd say, okay, what's God teaching you? What, have you, what are you learning? And one lady had something to share, so I said, go ahead, and she said, well, I haven't answered the phone this last week. Everyone just kind of looked at her really confused. And I was like, do you want to expand on that? She said, well, yeah. I found out last week that what gossip is. I realized almost everything I say on the phone is gossip, so I just don't answer it anymore. <laughs> and everyone was stunned. And it was the first time in my life I had ever heard anyone confess the sin of gossip. First time in my life. You know, it's just humiliating to admit that we're gossipers. <laughs> I'm not a gossiper, but I can tell you a few people who are. <laughs> but yet, most of us struggle with this. And yet, a spirit-filled church will be filled with people who call gossip sin and refuse to keep doing it. Refuse. Look at what scripture says. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. That is good. You believe this is in the Bible? I, I, I love what Bill Reed's dad said. I had to quote him today. Sinclair Reed said, anything over five minutes is gossip. I love that. I love it. Look at 1 Thessalonians. This is powerful. Make it your goal to live a quiet life. Oh, look at the next phrase. Minding your own business. MYOB is in the Bible. And working with your hands. God says, get busy. If you've got time to sit around talking about people, you've got too much time. Get to work. Go do something with your hands and take your trap and shut it. Use your hands. Get busy, lead a quiet life. Wow, this is really good stuff. 
This is straight from God's word. I'm, I'm genuinely not making this up. You say, but, but I've got to address what that person said. I just can't believe what that person did. Okay, well, there's a way to deal with that. It's called Matthew 18, where you go directly to the person and you go with the purpose of being part of the solution. Matthew 18 is the ultimate way to confront an issue or a problem. You go outside of that and you're probably dabbling straight into the, into the realm of gossip. Here's another verse. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so you will have the right response for everyone. You know, I, I think, I think as, as I've thought of this passage, what I've thought about is, okay, maybe I get better at, at restraining myself at keeping my mouth shut, not talking about people, but at the same time, I really desire to be a good listener. So what do I do when someone's venting to me? And I'm just trying to be a good listener, and I'm getting myself in trouble because now I'm participating in gossip. So what if my right response is that I cut them off kindly, and I say, you know, we really shouldn't be talking about them when they're not here. I mean, just as simple as that. Just as simple as that. It's not meant to shame them, but it, it, it certainly would. But it will just say, look, I, I, can't, I can't do that. I'm, I'm committing to being a better Jesus follower, and, I, and I'm trying to be kind here, and it's not kind to talk about someone behind their back. Could you imagine if this was our normal response? We'd probably get a lot less phone calls, a lot less text messages, a lot less... I mean, seriously, too often we're on the inside because we're part of the chain. We, we, we know the scoop, we know the insider information because we're part of the problem, we're part of the cycle. We perpetuate the sin of gossip. And if we just have a better response and a, and a gracious and attractive response to gossip, wow, that'd be really cool. And I think you'd have a, a, a father up in heaven that would be pumping his fist saying, yes, yes, someone just broke the cycle. Someone just stopped the gossip. Check this out, Philippians, I'm sorry, Ephesians, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Whew, there's a high standard. But only what is helpful, oh boy, here we go. Only what is helpful for doing what? For building others up. In the South, there's a really nice phrase that's added on to most complaints and gossip about people. You talk about someone, then you say, bless their heart. We're not that polite up north. But whether you had bless your heart or not, what if we only say things about other people that's building them up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen Wow, so I'm supposed to say stuff about other people that's only building that, them up and the people that are listening, I'm only supposed to be saying stuff that's for their benefit. I really think you need to know this about this other person. And now you've just wrecked a reputation and now you've just put something in their head that they're never gonna get out because it's gonna sink right away down to their heart. Wow, what if I said, okay, God, my new goal is to not let any unwholesome talk come out of my mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Wow, that is a high 
standard. Check this out, because I think this is helpful to go to the root issue. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, now remember, gossip is usually true, but whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what's this say? Think about such things. See, I don't think any of us intend to be gossipers. I think gossip is an overflow of a heart that's thinking about stuff that's negative. And the mouth is the overflow. Jesus said this over and over, right? Out of the mouth produces what's in the heart. And so if I say, okay, I'm going to not attack this at the mouth level, it's easy to say shut your mouth. I'm going to attack this at the mind level, the heart, that's where gossip is and originates. And I'm going to say, I'm no longer going to be thinking about all of these things that are negative about other people. If I want to think about negative things, I should really start with myself and deal with that stuff first. And there's a whole bunch of stuff. But I am not going to waste the bandwidth of my heart thinking about the wrong in you. And you know what? You really don't have to waste the bandwidth of your heart thinking about the wrong in me. Let's deal with our own wrong. And, and let's think of things that are admirable and praiseworthy and lovely because then we open our mouth, guess what's going to come out? The stuff that's in our heart, the admirable, praiseworthy stuff that's in our heart. This battle is fought and won in the heart. So, what if today we decided, all right, wow, gossip is a big deal. God really talks a lot about gossip. I've only shared a fraction of what Scripture says about it. But how much different would my life be if I avoided gossip? How much different would my home be? How much different would my workplace be? How much different would my church be? How much different would my community be if I avoided gossip? And can you imagine if the people around you did the same thing and then you hear or you see that people are talking about you and you're like, oh, that's okay, they're just saying good stuff. Wouldn't it be cool to have that confidence? Hey, I saw some people talking about you and you could just say, oh, that's okay, I know they're only saying good things. How do you, knew, how do you know that? Because I trust them and we've committed to avoid gossip. Wow. That would be pretty cool. And you know what? With God's help, we can stop venting we stop passing stories along that we shouldn't. And this can be our new normal. So here's two prayers I want to leave with you, prayers that I want to begin praying. Psalm 141.3, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. It's kind of a cool prayer. Hey, God, you got any infantry guys that could come guard my mouth for me? Because it's powerful. And stuff keeps coming out. God, if you have any extra infantry guys that could just come stand guard and keep the door of my lips closed and only let it open when good things are going to come out, God, I would really appreciate it. Here's another prayer that's to the heart of the matter. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Oh, Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. Wow. What if I just made it about that? I, I don't have to say, okay, is this gossip or isn't this gossip, and how do I know the difference? What if I just say, God, I'm just going to ask that the words of my mouth 
And the thoughts of my heart, the stuff I'm dwelling on, the meditation of my heart, is pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Wow. Church family, friends watching online, Seneca Community Church, what if, what if we broke the cycle of gossip? What if it died with us? How much healthier would our relationships be? How much healthier would our church be? How much healthier would our community be? And I'll tell you what it would do. It would please God. And it would create a much stronger church and a much stronger community. And your relationships would be a whole lot stronger. And you know what? That's a really big deal. That's a really big deal to God. Would you bow with me this morning? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a prayer. For me, it's going to be a prayer of confession. I invite you, if needed, to maybe say a prayer of confession yourself. The only way you can start to change is to admit that you're wrong. And I don't know about you, but I still have heard very, very few people ever admit to this sin. And yet all of us do it, and most of us do it pretty regularly. Father God, may the words of my heart, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Forgive me for participating in the sin of gossip. Forgive me for believing that it's no big deal. God, I know how much it hurts me. I should know how much it hurts others. Give me, give us the courage to be kind and to let your spirit produce that kindness in us. Lord, grow us so much that when we speak negatively about others that that it becomes distasteful to us and we instantly feel a conviction about it. Allow us to be people who accept responsibility for the words that we say that are careless, that are hurtful. And may our talk always be seasoned with love and grace. May our friendships grow stronger as we talk about each other less and begin to trust each other more. God, I personally want to thank you for refusing to talk negatively about me. You have a whole bunch of stuff you could share and yet you don't. Thank you. Thank you for promising to forgive us and bury our past in the depths of the ocean. I pray that today, someone who is far from you will receive your forgiveness and be welcomed into your faith family. I pray that today, someone will be freed from the sin of gossip and will live a life of kindness And this cycle will begin to break, starting with me. Thank you for being such a kind and gracious Heavenly Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray this. Amen.